This episode was brought to you by William Mitchell Audio. Do you know what an isotope plugins are? I don't, but William Mitchell Audio does. Go to williammitchellaudio.com. All right, my guest today is Amerigo Gazaway. Amerigo is a producer, MC, and DJ known for remixes, original instrumentals, and digital sampling. He is best known for his documentary-style conceptual collaboration albums, which have incorporated the music of A Tribe Called Quest, The Far Side, De La Soul, Marvin Gaye, Yasin Bey, James Brown, and others. In 2014, his Yasin Bey, Marvin Gaye remix, You Are Undeniable, was used in an Apple iPad commercial and charted on Billboard's best-selling singles. What's up, Merga? What's going on? Podcasting. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Casting. Thanks for uh, coming on. Hey, man, uh, I just want to jump like in the beginning to uh, ask you to tell a story. And it's an old story, and I'm sure you've told it plenty of times, but it'll be new to most people that, uh, that hear my podcast. Sure. Uh, this is like way back in your early career. Uh, it was that time you got, you got like a cease and desist letter from some, from some lawyer uh, trying, oh, to take, yeah. trying to take your music down. And then you found a loophole. And I even read about it in a uh, music review about you once. I think it was, might have been the natural scene. They brought, brought it up how you were able to uh, save that music. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I've had a lot of cease and desists since then. That was the first of many. Um, <laughs> but it comes comes with the territory. And uh, yeah, the loophole, it wasn't really a loophole. So like, I did have to shut the project down as a result. It was, the project was called Bizarre Tribe. And so it was, it was a camp, compilation or creative album that I made combining uh, lyrics and vocals from the far side with like samples and beats recreated from Trap Call Quest. And so uh, we received a cease and desist from Sony Music, and um, you know we tried we tried to argue with them about it in, in terms of uh, the precedent for the case because they were trying to say that they were trying to shut it down based on the fact that we had used Trap Called Quest samples. And what I was trying to express to them was that I actually didn't use Trap Called Quest samples. I went back and found the original jazz recordings that Trap Called Quest sampled and used and then recreated my own beat so yeah, i'd heard about that that you actually you went um, back and used the samples that they had sampled yeah exactly so yeah. that was sort of a loophole i mean not really you know it's still sampling and i'm still you know obviously like infringing upon those people's copyrights as well but um another loophole that or you know not loophole but thing that we did as a result of that you know we still had to shut the album down uh as a result just because we couldn't afford to go to court over it and all of that, but we did uh, deposit one copy of the record at the Center for Pop Music at MTSU, uh, my college that I went to. So they have a Center for Pop Music there, like a huge archive of recordings and stuff. And so I gave them a record of Bizarre Tribe. And so legally, you can go there right now and like listen to it on with a pair, rent out a pair of headphones, go into the archive and listen to it, you know, under fair use provisions. So, um, so it can't it so can't be is, touched. The uh, the lawyers can't touch the uh, college library right is that kind of how that i think so yeah i think it's like in a way it's kind of protected under educational use and so that was the idea is like you know if i have to take this off a lot offline you know i'm at least gonna make it available in this one you know you can drive to murfreesboro tennessee and listen to it (laughs) well i mean you can also search it on youtube pretty easily too that's that's the other 
millions of other people have reposted it on YouTube. And so it's out there, you know, and, and you can't destroy it once it's once you let it out of the box, man, it's out. Yeah. Yeah. The internet owns it now. So, you know, well, thank you, internet. Yeah. Um, I want to also go back to this is kind of a, still around that time period, I think. Uh, and I wasn't, uh, when this, when this happened, I don't think I actually saw you, uh, like near to when this occurred, but it was kind of like, I think this is maybe was one of the, uh, uh, one of the first big steps of you kind of like, uh, coming up. And I think it might've actually been that album we were just talking about that this happened, but that was when, uh, quest love, uh, tweeted about you and was telling, you know, all of his followers like, Hey, check out Amerigo Gazaway's music. I really like this or whatever. And I guess like my question would be like on that day when you woke up or whatever, and you found out that quest love was tweeting about you. Like, how did that feel, man? Like what, what was that kind of, what was that experience? Cause that's kind of like, he's a big, I mean, he's kind of like an, an idol of mine. So he's like a big deal, you know? Yeah, no, he's an idol of mine too. I've, you know, I've been following the roots forever. I've read all his books. Like, you know, I'm a huge OK Player fan. And so that was a huge validation for me and, and you know, just a huge moment. And and um, that was actually the first mashup project that I did, Fela Soul, um, that came out before Bizarre Tribe in 2011. And so that was the first, you know, I'd been experimenting with mashups before that. Me and, me and Johnny had been like DJing as Bebop and Rocksteady, uh, Jonathan Gableman. Oh, yeah. um, we were doing, we used to do like Ninja Turtle mashups and, you know, all this crazy stuff. And then like it kind of evolved into the Soulmates project, which is what I do now, which is kind of combining these different artists from like soul or jazz or funk with hip hop artists from modern, modern era. And so Fela Soul was kind of my first foray into that. And uh, it was 2011. I spent the summer working on it. Um, and I heard that Questlove was going to be in town uh, for a DJ set. And so okay. I was like, all right. You know, like, I, I just, I knew that, like, if anybody in the world needs to hear this album, this record, it's, it's Questlove. You know, he's a huge De La Soul fan. He's a huge Fela Kuti fan. And I really felt like if you heard it, he would like it. And so I pressed up, like, I went to Kinko's and I pressed up, like, my own copy of the CD to give nice. to him. I, I snuck <laughs> into the show, like, as a press photographer, I brought my camera and kind of snuck backstage. Pretend oh, great, dude. Pre press photographer. And I gave him the CD and at the end of the night, like, you know, I stood in line, just said, what's up. And, you know, uh, gave him the CD and told him to check it out. And, uh, and he did check it out. I guess so. I mean, a couple <laughs> weeks later I, I released it officially, you know, I mixed it and mastered it and put it up online. And then I tweeted, yeah. okay, okay player. And okay. Africa about it. Like, yo, check out this Phil soul mix. And they were like, yo, we love this. And so they started retweeting it. And then that's when Questlove retweeted it. So he must've already, he must have remembered me from the show and be like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's that dude. And like, maybe he listened to it. Maybe he listened to CD like on his flight back. I don't know if people even had CD players. Then it was still kind yeah. of the iPod era. That was, was like a transition phase. A transitional era. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if CD was even the right medium to give it to him. But I think he appreciated just the concept in general and, and you know, hopefully appreciated the music. So um, that's cool. is, but, he, yeah. uh, is he like as, as nice of a guy as he seems like? So I've only, I've only seen his like. I guess he was definitely persona. cool when I met him in person. I only met him that one time. And so it was just, you know, he, it was late. He had been DJing for three, four hours. There was like 20 dudes lined up to say hi to, you know, so yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, it was one of those types of things where I, I didn't expect him to be completely on and completely like, you know, uh, excited to see me, but he was yeah. that cool and he wasn't like, you know, um, you know, but I understand it was like a four hour, like sweaty DJ set, you know, so I'm like that too, after, after a night like that. So, but, oh, um, yeah, uh, this is last year. Yeah. You know, uh, Jim Jeffries, the comedian. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Australian. I went and saw him at the Ryman, and I got to go backstage. Uh, and I really wanted to meet him, man, because I've, I've always like been a huge fan. But I'd gotten pretty pretty drunk during the show, so I got back there and I like, and I was gonna say something cool, you know, just play it real cool and just be like, "Oh man, I'm a big fan." Shake his hand and just get, you know get my fucking selfie and get out of there. Uh, but I walked back there and I was like, uh, "I was like, oh, uh, uh, m- 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 Mr. Jeffries." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It was like all my like drunk confidence kind of went away, but it was like, but I still was slurring. It was just like, oh, the worst of both worlds. <laughs> and, uh, but you know how, how he, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen his comedy and how he acts and shit, but he like, he looked at me and he's like, Oh, come over here. You big dumb cunt. And like, a big hug. <laughs> and honestly, I couldn't have thought of a thing I would have rather he, him say to me. And then there's a, <laughs> and someone snapped a photo of it. So there's a, a photo of my drunk ass all like falling all over Jim Jeffries <laughs> trying to get this hug in with a, a tall boy of Bud Light in my hand. <laughs> it probably couldn't have gone any better, actually. So, but no, I mean, like, just saying, like, I know that that backstage thing for like artists and comedians has got to be like rough, especially with people like me popping up just to be like, uh, I love you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> So I could totally uh, see how uh, Questlove like might have been tired and shit, but that's cool as shit that uh, he took the time to listen to it. And then you know, obviously, it was a great album, and it you know it deserved the recognition that you got from them. Yeah, uh, they've been huge supporters throughout the years. You know, I I wouldn't even be where I am today without OK Player. So so I always have to give a shout out to Questlove and the Roots Crew and OK Player, and yeah, they've they supported me for a long time. So. So I'm going to diverge for a second to like, I think maybe like a current event thing, but I, w- I just want to know what your take on it is. Cause like, to me, I think it's kind of amazing, but uh, what do you think about the Pentagon releasing three videos of UFOs and officially acknowledging that UFOs exist? Like this just happened. And I think it should be bigger news than it is. People are just fucking ignoring it. Yeah. I mean, this came out like a couple years ago too. And people ignored it. Like, I think yeah. this is, but they they just officially like declassified it or well this is the first time that the Pentagon was like all right uh, we totally acknowledge this happened so yeah the the Navy had had already released some of the videos and people knew it was out there and then weirdly enough the the lead singer of Blink One Eighty Two is like I a, heard something about that yeah, he's a UFOologist so he uh, <laughs> from my understanding and this could be completely wrong but I think the Pentagon actually contacted him to get some of his because he's got such a good collection of these legitimate videos because like as much you know it sounds like he's a clown that doesn't know what he's doing but apparently even the pentagon was like well we got to hit up the lead singer of blink 182 because this dude's totally fucking got some great videos they're really high quality and i think maybe one of those videos are his like like not i mean i guess it would be property of the u.s navy or whoever but like he was the one that had it that i don't like, know i, I should have researched that story before i got into it but i just want to know like that's what are you amazing. thinking about these UFOs, dude? Have you seen the know, videos? Man. I, I haven't. No, I haven't seen the videos. I, I mean, I think, you know, one thing people are arguing or probably saying is that, like, there, there's a difference between a UFO and a, a proof of aliens, right? Like, UFO is yeah. still an unidentified object, and so we still don't really know what that is up close and in person. But I, I'm a believer, and I want to believe, be a believer. I mean, I think the universe is huge, and I've... yeah of alien extraterrestrial life for a long time um so um i think so what yeah, the, the i want to believe calling it is 
I think they're calling it uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon. But what's cool uh, in the in the videos is like you can hear these like Air Force pilots, and these are like pretty like you know serious, humorless dudes when it comes to their jobs. And they're all, you know they're in the and you can hear them in the cockpit like talking about what they're seeing, and they're like this this shit shouldn't be able to do this. You wow, know, it's, it's pretty cool, man. You can just uh, right now it's just all over the place. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I got to check this out. Um, I, you know, I grew up like my dad used to watch like Unsolved Mysteries and shit growing up and like, you know, X-File and all that stuff. And so like, I grew up like super paranoid, like as a kid, my biggest fear was that I would get abducted by aliens. And like, I'd watch those movies like Fire in the Sky and like Close Encounters and all that. And so, uh, but uh, at the same time, you know, I I don't want to think that they're hostile and I, I would hope that they would. Um, actually that totally brings me into another question that i had for you dude which was uh which is what is your favorite movie involving extraterrestrials wow my favorite movie i know it's a tough question man because it's kind of like asking you like what's your favorite movie period yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you know or or you can or you could like just say like this is one that's in my top three or Mm. five or something you know yeah i feel like i could pick out my number one yeah, it's tough. Um, I really liked the book Sphere. I'm not as crazy about the movie as much, but I thought the movie was decent. Um, but is that I'm with a a Dustin fan. Hoffman? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Michael Crichton, the author. Like he's yeah. a sci-fi. He wrote Jurassic Park and Congo and Sphere, and so I, I'm a big fan of sci-fi books in general. And so, for sure, uh, and more realistic sci-fi like that. There's sci-fi that's kind of almost plausible and kind of almost believable, you know? And yeah of you know it could happen in the future or um that was always great about michael Crichton because he would like uh he would go and do so much research that he would become an expert on whatever like uh molecular biology or whatever to make a sci-fi book and that's why a lot of those movies are so good yeah it's really believable so um but yeah to pick a favorite that's that's pretty tough but um the abyss that was a good one too i like underwater alien movies i don't know why I just saw The Abyss for the first time. Really? Yeah. Nice. That was nice. pretty sick, actually. I, I haven't it. seen it in a long time. So, like, I, I, I'm always scared to watch movies again when it's, like... I mean, it's the uh, the, the visual effects are pretty bad. <laughs> like, when you, yeah. finally, when you finally see the alien, you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, man, yeah. this was made on, like, Microsoft, like, I know, like, <laughs> something. <laughs> right, man, I took us way way far from uh music and i'm gonna try and get back to there but i do want to say that uh one time uh and you know you know coffee and art yeah yeah and, uh one time me and coffee and art we were all together and we saw a ufo all three of us saw the same object in the sky and i'm just glad that the, the pentagon is finally backing us up now because people always thought we were bullshit and it was true <laughs> I've seen some weird shit too. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. And sometimes you have to quit. Yeah, you have to have somebody else there to kind of question whether you were imagining it or not. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, mean, I want to believe. We were definitely seeing just lights like in the sky that were moving in an unusual way, like a way that you, you know, wasn't a satellite or a shooting star because it wasn't, you know, disappearing. It's but, crazy. Hold up. It's time to reach into the mailbag. Every week on the show, we check the mailbag to see if anyone has written any messages into the show. This week's message comes from Alvin. Alvin wrote, Let's talk business. If you need my assistant, now we all eat. 
Real knows real, fam. Let's make legit cash. How about $300 makes you a big profit, $3,500? Cool. Thank you, Elvin, for writing into the show. Now back to the interview. But enough of that bullshit. Uh, <laughs> I just want to talk about, you know, uh, transition <laughs> with crazy stories, man. If you could tell me, like, if you could tell me a crazy story from your music career that it doesn't have to be the craziest one ever, you don't have to, like, come up with that right off the top of your head, but, like, maybe something, same deal, like, if this is in your top five, like, what's some, could be on stage, could have been on tour, just, uh, mm-hmm. like, some wild that might have happened. Crazy man. stories. Yeah. I got some crazy stories from my earlier years when I went. So, I used to be do some videography as well, and my buddy Larry, uh, my buddy, buddy Larry, would go on tour with different companies doing videography work, and sometimes he'd, he'd invite me along, and then I'd get, I'd get to shoot video and DJ, you know, on tour. And so we went on two tours. We went on the World Star Hip Hop tour. <laughs> oh, cool, dude! What was that? Uh, that was <laughs> you mean like, like, from like the from the website? Yeah, it's like the most ghetto hip hop website online and we'll i mean i just know them from their like their fight videos and the people like to yeah. scream world star when a fight happens but yeah, i didn't know they exactly. like did actual music tours they did the, like the spring break tour and then uh we also did this other tour with this company called 420 raw and there was like a weed startup brand and anyway they were both like spring break tours they both kind of blur together because it was on the same bus with the same crew of people but different years and different companies <laughs> Um, but we got hired again. Like we went on the world star tour and then we went on the 420 tour like later, but there was just so many crazy stories on those tours. Like on the world star tour, I know like we were at, yeah, it was like, it was typical world star tour. We were at like a Trina concert and like a fight broke out and like we had to escape to the bus and like, and then there was another thing where we were, oh yeah, we were in the 420 bus driving through Texas and we got, uh, we got stopped or no, we had, we hit like a border checkpoint or something. And Oh, shit. did your bus like say 420 on it? And like, yeah, it had like weed (laughs) logos all over it. We're in the middle of Texas and, uh, you know, we're like rolling up on the bus. I ended up like eating a blunt or something to, you know, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, they brought the dogs on board and like, everybody was all shook and they were sniffing around and we were in this giant bus with weed smoke, literally like bellowing out of it. And it's just crazy. (laughs) I don't, I don't know what the, this, is still, you know, weed's not legal in Texas. So I don't know like what the plan here was with the tour and like, <laughs> you know, how are we supposed to promote weed in, in Texas when like, it's literally like still illegal. So, um, that was pretty crazy, but I know. So was that from like, were they like in a, were they based in a state where it is legal and they were just trying to like promote themselves? Yeah. Like we nationally? had t-shirts and like, you know, we were, we had swag and we were doing shows in different cities and I, Oh yeah. I remember like, <laughs> I remember being in like Florida or something. We did a show and like, you know, we're, we're promoting this weed company. The whole point is to pr- promote the brand. And so like, you know, I was DJing like trying to get the crowd hype. Like I remember like in, sh- in Florida at some show, like in Pensacola or somewhere, I, I got on the mic. I was like, like, yo, 420 raw. We out here. How many of y'all ready to get, get high? Y'all ready to smoke something? Like <laughs> and the crowd's just completely quiet. And like, there's like cops in there looking at me and bodyguard, like where you yeah. looking at me all crazy. It's like, Okay, I guess I'll just play some music, you know. Uh, it's just, uh, Moving on. What are we supposed to be doing here? Yeah. Uh, I guess, okay. Oh, <laughs> man. Promoting weed. <laughs> uh, shit, speaking of, uh, I don't know if that's speaking of, but like Pensacola's got a beach. 
And are you in San Francisco now? Uh, I'm in Berkeley. So yeah, I'm pretty close. Oh, like cool. Like just across the bay. Right across, across the bridge. Yeah. I, I've never been to Berkeley, man, but I love San Francisco. Yeah, man. <clears throat> it's a cool place. I, I really like it out here. It's, it kind of fits my personality. Actually, I, I almost went to uh, SFSU, but uh, it was not meant to be. But I do uh, try to go out there occasionally. Me, uh, me and Coffee used to go out there for like little skate trips just because they got so many spots and it's just so fun. But, oh, um, nice. Yeah, I never thought about it from a skate, skateboarding aspect. But now, now that you like say a, that, there, there are probably a lot of cool spots to skate at here. It's a, like a mecca because it's, it's like a place where a, a lot of pros came from. That. Uh, well, I guess like a story I had is I went out there and there's a spot called Third and Army. And it, uh, it kind of became like the unofficial skate park of San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco Cause it was like, uh, it's part of some kind of shipping area, but it's just covered in cool shit to skate. And people just skated there so long. Finally, the city was like, fuck it. You guys can have it. <laughs> and so I, I went out there and it was the first time I skated it. And I was, and I was like, man, everyone looks so familiar. Like it felt like being at a skate park at home because just all the faces were so familiar. And then I was like, Oh, that's cause, Everybody here is pro. Like, I, like I've seen all these dudes in videos. And oh wow! And like, <laughs> I was like, like I've, seen, I know I've seen every single one of these dudes in a video, man. I like, and I was like, I can name, I know the names of my, most of the dudes that are here. So I was like, that was pretty sick. That's crazy. That's but, awesome. Uh, they also, man, you guys have some, you guys some like the most aggressive like street folks, I would say. <laughs> oh, like here in San Francisco? Yeah. yeah. I have one more story and then I'll get off my shit, but uh, it was, yeah, we were skating, uh, we were skating down like through the financial, financial district and there was this chick on the corner <clears throat> and it's like, she didn't look homeless or anything like that. She was just like, she was doing this thing and it was, I guess, it, I guess it was like her thing that she just did all day long and it ended up being kind of funny for a minute, but I, I was skating by and she was like, Hey, and I was like, what? And she was like, shoo, 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 shoo. and I was like, <laughs> and I went, what? And she said, you heard what I've said, motherfucker. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then I was like, oh shit. And so coffee was a, uh, about a block behind me. So I went and sat on a bus bench and I was like, I'm going to watch this. I know she's going to do it again. And he came up and like, I'm a little bit away and I just can't hear her. But then I hear her say, you heard what I said, motherfucker. <laughs> and then he came over and he's like, what is that? And I was like, I don't know. I think this is just what she does all day. And we sat there and watched it like it was a like a theater piece, man, because she did it. Oh every person that crossed the street to that corner, she would whisper to them. And when they asked her what she said, she'd scream at them. And it was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I deal with a lot of that. There's the homeless situation out here is really bad. There's there's a park around the block from me called people. They call it people park because people live in it. Yeah, um, it's the people park. But and, you know, yeah, I was, you know. The other day I was walking around, some dude was just like, I was just walking, walking down the street with my AirPods in, you know, minding my business. Some dude was just like, give me my money. (laughs) 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 I was was shocked, but I was also like less shocked that, you know, if he had said, give me your money, I would have been like, am I getting robbed right now? Like, but he said, give me my money. So like, it was kind of like, okay, well, I don't have your money, man. I don't know what you're talking about. So but yeah, it's just I think man, it's partly like uh the weather's nice there and there's a lot of money to, for like to panhandle and stuff like Yeah, but, no, that's definitely definitely part of it and uh and I don't know. Also, I guess like I think our government needs to be doing more to, to be helping these people so that they're not living in people park for sure. 
but yeah no i mean the rent out here is insane and that's that's another big part of the reason it's just it's it's so inflated and it's one yeah. of the most expensive cities in the country right now and it's just yeah I know I was sustainable for everybody. So. The last time I was there, I was actually looking at places just because I was like, ah, I love it here, man. Like I could stay. I, like, whenever I go someplace that I like, I always just think I'm just like, I should just stay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I was checking out the uh, apartments and shit. And I was like, I can't stay. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, we, we're kind of uh, on the fence about it too. I mean, before this whole quarantine thing went down, we were kind of planning to move to Berlin. Um, oh, and- crazy. Yeah, and so now those kind of those plans are kind of on hold. But uh, I'm I don't I've I've got the Babbel uh, subscription. One of my friends hooked me up, and um, I've been trying to practice on that. My wife she she studied in Germany for a couple of years in Dresden, so that's cool. Uh, she speaks a little bit of German. She's got a lot of friends there. But I've heard Germany anyway, is uh, super fun, man. Uh, also, surprisingly, man, I've got a lot of German. Uh, listeners to this podcast i don't know why because they're not people that i've got a lot of german listeners to my music actually like that's one of my biggest markets actually so that's maybe somebody's gonna listen to this and they're gonna know who you are because uh because i i can i can go and i can look at the metrics of my uh downloads and where they're at and internationally i'm not in a lot of countries like i'm in you know the united states and canada obviously and australia and new zealand like a lot of english-speaking countries and i guess germany it's clearly speaks a lot of English, but like Germany is uh, second to Canada. Like I've got more listeners in Germany than I do in Australia or New Zealand or UK or That's like uh, in a lot of just US states. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. For a You're while I had more listeners in- for like a month, right? You're- yeah. But I've been really, really like doing guerrilla marketing and just like going hard, trying to get this out there. And it's, it's growing really fast. So that's awesome nice. man and that's i've had like a lot of help because i've had like a lot of cool guests on and you know people just share and share yeah i'll be sure to share as well as well for sure awesome thanks man uh i feel like i got a little bit off but oh uh this is a little bit i know i've been talking about aliens a lot man but this is this is <laughs> i'm obsessed with aliens i'm working on a video game right now about um aliens finding the golden record that we sent into space the carl oh, sagan sick. record yeah, yeah I'm, I'm making a video game about like what you know what that would look like basically if aliens found the golden record Dude, that is uh so like coincidental because i actually was trying to formulate a question for you about that golden record i had no idea that you had a project like that and i was just oh, gonna cool. say like you know it, uh, if it was going to be remade in modern times what are like what's some of the music you'd put on it now as opposed because i think mm-hmm. what they put on maybe like the beatles and some uh, maybe some beethoven or some shit i'm not really sure they didn't get the beatles on there i think it was too risque or something like that there was a big argument over the beatles uh oh. or maybe one of the beatles didn't want it i don't know there was some issue with the beatles but they, the beatles didn't make it on the first, the first. okay so maybe it was just right, Mozart right. and things like of that nature. It was Mozart and there was a lot of classical Beethoven and stuff like that. And then there was, there was one Louis Armstrong song, I think that got on there. There was some Chuck Berry, uh, That's like cool. other blues and stuff. And then there was a lot of world music too, like tribal music from different tribes in Africa and, and different parts of the world. Um, and that was actually a guy who lived here in Berkeley who, who organized like an ethnomusicologist that they hired to, to organize all that. I've done a lot of research on it, actually. I'm, I'm like reading a bunch of the books about it and like trying to do research for, for my video game. But uh, yeah, because you're, I mean, you're actually really working on. But I just think that's so uh, crazy that I was really going to ask you that's a question crazy. about the golden record, and I had 
no idea that you had a video game project based on that exact concept. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, to put new stuff on, yeah, to send a new 2.0 golden record. I've thought about that before. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think, you know, as a hip hop head, I think I would definitely have to include some hip hop on there. I'm just not sure. Yeah, what? Who would be, like who would get the honor of being like, all right, I represent all hip hop on for, for like an alien race. Wow. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Oh dude. I don't even know who I would even, I can't even begin to even. It's tough, that. you know, and with the golden record, they only had a few months to put that together too. And so it was, you know, what kind of made it on there made it on there. But, you know, obviously people, there's a lot of underrepresentation, and I'm sure there's a lot of different debates over like what should have gone on there and what shouldn't have. But well, I'm glad to uh, I think find it's out amazing that, uh, that they were able to pull it off in general and, and with all the bureaucracy and everything. I was going to say, I was, I was glad to find out that uh, they selected Chuck Berry over the Beatles. I think that's a, I think that's a wise yeah. decision. I think that's good. Yeah, no, every time I hear that song now, I, I get the, like, the visions of space now. You know, like that song is forever associated with outer space to me now. Oh, what song did they pick? It's Johnny B. Good. But, oh, you know, yeah, okay, makes sense. <laughs> but, you know, I just, when I hear that song now, I picture it just like playing, you know, in the cosmos and like maybe yeah. picking it up and listening to it. It's just funny. Yeah, dude. Um, and who knows, man, there might really just be like an alien right now listening to that song and being like, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or remixing it or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm two golden record 2.0. I listened to a podcast about this recently and they were interviewing a bunch of people like what they would, what they would put on the golden record. I think that would be, an know, amazing I think I would put the, the thing is like now with the golden record 2.0, we could put like a terabyte on there, you know, like it's not That's as right. limited before, before it was limited. They had to actually, uh, encode it in, in video form or something just to fit more music. So they'd fit like two hours on there, I think, which you're only supposed to be able to fit like, I don't know, an hour on a record, but yeah, they were somehow, they, they did some crazy hack where they were able to fit like two hours on there. And then you have, the aliens have to like decipher it in this weird way and play it as a video anyway. But now we could send like a, you know, a terabyte of stuff on there. We could send video, we could send audio, we could send images, we could send, games we could send movies you know and so i think we could literally just like launch an iphone into space and it would be better than that golden record <laughs> yeah exactly i think well elon musk did that recently or he he sent a car into space right and then like in oh the, shit, i didn't know that the car's glove box there's like a hard drive with like a bunch of sci-fi novels and like a bunch of earth stuff on it and like messages to aliens i don't know like uh he kind of did his own little version of it um yeah, if I was a billionaire, I'd be shooting shit into space all the time, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hold up. It's time for a very special announcement. My Views Are My Own podcast is releasing an exciting new project called Now That's What I Call Mashups, Volume 1. An amazing collection of some of my most famous rap songs remixed with some of the greatest music in the public domain. It will include unforgettable classics like Hey man, why you hating the roster? Things in Los Eye come and piss in your poster. It will also include time-honored club hits such as Well, slick my pickle. My name is Nick Nichols. I'm in the porta potty and I'm about to get tickled. And don't worry, lovebirds. We even threw in a few romantic love ballads to help you get your groove back. So I call the girl 
down the street. She's kind of smart, she snorts Ritalin and plays Mario Kart. Now that's what I call Mashups Volume 1, coming this summer. Now back to the interview. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Speaking of space and all that, man, uh, I've always said this. Uh, I think that you would have been a really good Navy pilot. And, you know, the world would probably have even more UFO videos if you were one. But you didn't join the Navy. You decided to be a musician instead. Uh, and the question really is, like, you know, what made you cho- choose that path or, like, early inspiration? Like, things that kind of sent you in the direction that, you're, you know, that you took your life to, you know, to make this music and make that your passion and your career. Yeah, it's it's a combination of a lot of things. I mean, my dad is a jazz trumpet player, um, so I grew up around music with him, going on tour with him. He, you know, keyboards laying around in his studio and stuff, and so that that played a big influence on me. My mom's from Brazil; she plays guitar and sings bossa nova, and so that that also influenced me as well. Um, and uh, you know, my older brother and sister they were into hip hop they were a little bit older than me. So they kind of got me into it at an early age. And then when I turned like 13 or something, I got my first set of turntables and started experimenting with that. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. You know, I was always surrounded by music. And then when I got my hands on some tools, you know, I realized that this is something that I'm really passionate about and want to keep doing. So, you know, I worked at a computer shop for a little while, I built my first computer and like, got downloaded all the software acid pro and was like messing around with fruity loops and all that like in high school yeah i miss fruity loops man yeah no i I I miss it too it's actually i like fruity loops because it's colorful and it's fun like that's what i don't like about ableton and some of the other programs like when i (laughs) first started using ableton i was like this is boring it's all gray and it's like you know it just seems like fruity loops is like all this color and it's like it makes you it's like a video game or something yeah yeah it makes Uh, it seem more fun and ableton seems like yeah real serious yeah, yeah, real professional, and so yeah. One of my first experiences playing music was was or making music was in a video game called MTV Music Generator for PlayStation One, and it kind of looked like Fruity Loops. It was this real colorful kind of music creation game on PlayStation. I've heard a lot of stories from other producers that started out on that as well, but uh, that was my first experience, like actually creating a beat. And then when I figured out, I, but then I couldn't export it from the PlayStation. That was the problem: is you can't export it from the memory card. Oh, so it was lame. stuck on the PlayStation. So that's when I was like, all right, I need to build my own computer and download the software and figure out how to do this myself, you know? So, uh, I wonder how many, uh, how many incredible like masterpieces people made on that PlayStation game. And then it just never never had to be heard by the world. (laughs) Yeah. No, I've thought about like going in there and like making an album uh, on, on there or something from, you know, or finding, trying to dig up some of my old files and see if I can, I can find something, but I'm sure there's gotta be some way you can, uh, jailbreak that thing and get, and get the I guess audio you could out. just record record it, you know, you could record the audio straight out, but then you don't get like the session or you know the mixing capabilities. You just have like a one audio file, but Yeah. But anyway, that that was yeah, that was a big uh that was a big influence and then I don't know, yeah, after that I started collecting records and going to record stores and um and writing raps on my own and performing and DJing at this uh this event called yard ball. My brother and his friends used to throw this like yearly basketball tournament. And so I would be the DJ every year. And that's kind of how I got my chops DJing and then going on the road with my dad. I went on the road with my dad when I was like 17 in Colorado. And that was a big like eye opener for me and just kind of like getting the experience to open up for real crowds at real venues, 
real yeah. sound people and uh and all of that you know the, you know the yard ball was different yard ball that was just like a family event but then this was like a real tour and so remember uh, when we were teenagers man i went over to your house and you were the first person i think that i knew that had real turntables like, oh I was, nice I was, I was like oh what like i, I wanted to, and you were cool about it too because you let me you let me play with them <laughs> oh, like, nice. <laughs> most people would be like don't touch my shit but i was like can i try <laughs> yeah no so, I'm, I'm always i'm always trying to get people into dj and so i always want to like show show people how it's show show people that, that that it's not intimidating and it's not that scary and anybody can do it if you know yeah if yeah man, i just it, so. uh takes a lot i had a, i had kids meal on here man and uh it was pretty cool like hearing like uh because you know he's a, he's a turntablist kind of that's his whole thing and like it's cool kind of hearing like his his take on that. Uh, yeah, he's amazing, man. He's he's one of my one of my idols for sure in, in the turntablism department. I think he would be the, like you would have been the first dude that I met that was a turntablist. He would have been the second, I think. So, nice. Uh, but speaking of uh, that, and uh, <clears throat> we could also bring it back. I want to talk more about that video video game too because uh, I I didn't really catch the name. Uh, but this we can t- tie it in all together because I think you might have a lot going on. I don't really know. I uh, do. Yeah. <laughs> I was, well, I was going to ask you, uh, like, the, then it's be, this is kind of a weird way to ask it because if you do have a lot going on, then it's going to be a big question. But just feel free, <laughs> feel free to answer it however you feel like, man. It's just uh, sure, yeah. just want to ask you uh, what projects you're working on right now, and also what's coming. Uh, what's you know what's up in the near future, like both. So. Uh, current and what maybe you'll be beginning soon. Yeah. Um, I'm working on a few different projects. I've got this, uh, this project right now I'm working on with, uh, this rapper from BK from Brooklyn named Napoleon, the legend. Um, and, uh, so yeah, we've got like a little EP or album that we're working on. of just, just dope hip hop, you know, beats, rhymes, cuts, you know, nothing, uh, nothing but just the shit we love about hip hop, you know, just we're yeah. trying to pour that, pour that into a record and make like a classic hip hop album. So that's been really fun. I, you know, I produced a record last year with a vocalist, uh, Ziamara, a really talented R and B vocalist here in the Bay. And so we did kind of a nineties hip hop tribute album last year. And so that was really fun. That was my first time really, really honing in on and working on an album with an artist. And, and so this is my second project that I'm kind of, doing that with and it's been really fun to actually produce for a real artist as opposed to you know just doing mashups or you know using acapellas from from all yeah. my favorite rappers that that's been good practice but like i think uh i want to move more into that move more into producing actual projects with with artists and producing my own stuff you know i've been trying to rap a little bit more i just dropped a uh a single like a few weeks ago, it was like this, this Chrono Trigger rap is about one of my favorite video games, but uh, for the 25th is anniversary. Is that, is that available for people to listen to right now? Yeah, yeah. There's a video <laughs> on my YouTube channel, and you can listen to it on my Bandcamp. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was the 25th anniversary of my favorite video game, so so I put that out recently, and that's kind of inspired me to go, go also, back uh, and write uh, a little bit more. Uh, what is your YouTube channel for people to, so they can check it out? Uh, it's just Amerigo Gazaway. I think it's YouTube dot com backslash Amerigo Gazaway. Uh, it helps having a unique name because people can find you like find yourself just through your name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a mouthful. You know, it's 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 wordy, but you know, it's a lot of syllables and letters. But it's definitely unique in terms of SEO, so that helps. Um, it's like your name's not 
John Smith and yeah, like, yo, yeah, hey, check me exactly. out uh, on YouTube. My name is John Smith. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, we've got I've got some projects like that I've been working on, and um, you know, I still I'm still experimenting with mashups here and there. I've got like uh, a couple ideas for the next mashup project, um, but you know, I've been trying to do more instrumental beat tapes and stuff like that. I know Bandcamp is doing these uh, first Fridays. Uh, for the next few months, they'll, they'll be waiving the fees for artists on like the first Friday of every month. So, so all the money we make goes to us instead of, you know, having to give them a cut. So I'll probably be releasing something for the next two first Fridays. I'm not sure what, maybe it's an instrumental tape or beat tape, or maybe it's, maybe it's a rap song. Um, we'll see, but, uh, but yeah, I've got a lot of stuff I'm working on. And then, yeah, I've been working, I've been doing a lot of uh, soundtracks for games and, and experimenting with game design and game development. Um, when I moved out here a couple of years ago, I heard about GDC, which is the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco. And I didn't even know what that was yeah. when I moved out here, but I started going to it and <clears throat> I started going to it and really making a lot of connections in the game industry and learning that like, wow, this is a real career path that people, people make music for games and like, oh, hell yeah, dude, you know. <clears throat> and I'm starting to actually get some work doing that, which has been really cool because it's always been one of my dreams. And, you know, the music industry is also very frustrating sometimes. And, you know, you, uh, have you heard of the, the, that new show Mythic Quest? It's on Apple. Oh, uh, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, it's, it's about the, a game. It's the guy that invented uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, he plays Mac. Check that. And then yeah, now, yeah, in yeah. this, he's like, he's a game developer. <clears throat> but it's, uh, <laughs> it's fun to watch, man, because. I didn't know I didn't know shit about how video games were made and it was actually kind of a fun it's got it's got a lot of the same humor as it's always sunny. <clears throat> okay. I love always sunny so and I love video games so this sounds right up my alley. I I like the story cuz he said he he got sent to a gaming conference like it kind of sounds like the one that maybe you went to. Yeah. And he was walking around and he was he said he went there just because it was like just a place he could go and like drink for free and like have a good time and like he had no real purpose to be there. And then <clears throat> he said that uh he met some like dude that looked like a wizard and he's like, Oh, what do you do, man? And the dude, like he basically, he was just a, you know, a concept developer, I think of some sort, but he was like, he had like a staff or something. And he was like, I create worlds. <laughs> and so he said like, he immediately had to call uh, Charlie and be like, dude, we're making a fucking TV show about this video game. Shit. <laughs> and uh, I was so pumped because I had just uh, switched my phone company and found out that I had Apple TV on my phone. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. So I was able to start watching that sh TV show on my phone. And I've been always going on Apple. So I've got time to watch uh, TV shows and shit. Nice. It's on Apple TV. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Sorry, man. I'm definitely not here to be promoting uh, uh, Mythic Quest. It's just, <laughs> I just. Uh, no, no. I mean, it's, it's totally. When you were talking awesome. about the, the uh, GDC, I was like, oh, that totally reminds me of. Yeah, That's I'm pretty story, sure man. I met I met a wizard like that at GDC. <laughs> I'm sure I've met some weirdos like that at GDC. Or I just I just like that he's like around. he's like oh what do you do for a living and he's like I create worlds. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. They'll you'll just be walking around. There's like some some elf in the corner playing a harp or something, you know. And there's like a Pokemon like bumping into people, and then you know there's just like yeah, it's pretty awesome. But there's there's also uh, you know the the every time I've went, I've also what's crazy is like. I don't know if gamers actually listen to my music, but like both times I went to GDC, I've been, I've been twice now, I think to GDC and both times I went, somebody, some random person stopped me on the, on the expo floor and was like, Hey, you Marigold Gasway, you do those mashups. I'm like, oh, cool. yeah. Like what, 
how do you, you know, so that's been pretty cool. And like, I've actually seen that a few times in the game community where people are like actually familiar with my work already or, you know, people I collaborate with. So that's awesome, man. Um, oh, uh, if you could just repeat it one more time and, uh, the game that you're working on right now, what's that called? Uh, it's called right now it's called vinyl voyager. Um, and that might still be a working title, but I like it because, you know, Voyager is the name of the spacecraft that they sent into space. Yeah. And, you know, vinyl does the record. And um, that's, so, that's a sick name, man. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of the concept. And, you know, it's kind of like an old school RPG style, like uh, kind of Final Fantasy, kind of Chrono Trigger style game. But basically you're like aliens and you find this golden record. And you kind of it's like you uncover it and it's like, it becomes this mythical artifact that, you know, everybody's kind of trying. That sounds like a fun game, man. I want to play it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's cool, man. It's, you know, it started out as just a little idea, but I've been messing with this program, uh, RPG maker for a while. Ever actually since like two thousands when I, when I was a kid, I was, I used to mess with this program, but now they have like a Mac version. They have a Mac version. It's it's a pretty easy to use program that like, you don't really need to know much coding or anything like that, but I am learning a little bit about programming by using it. So yeah, I've just been chipping away at it. It's just a fun, like passion project that I've been doing, but you know, it's really an excuse for me to just make like a cool video game soundtrack. Yeah. Um, and I also want to use music from the golden records. I'm not sure how that's going to work. Cause I know some of that stuff is public domain cause it's so old. Um, yeah. Art and stuff like that. Um, but then some of it I know is copywritten. So I need to, I'm always like, uh, I'm always brushing with copyright in some capacity. <laughs> I'm always like, you know, skating on thin ice with copyright, I guess. Hold up. It's time for an ad. Doctors are always saying that sleep is healthy. They say, hey, you should sleep more. Sleep helps you stay alive. They might even say that melatonin is a hormone that regulates the sleep-wake cycle, that it's primarily released by the pineal gland and it makes you sleepy. But what they don't tell you is, thanks to me, you can now go buy melatonin at almost any grocery store and use promo code my views are my own for 25% off your first night of sleep. Now back to the interview. Shit, man. Uh, <clears throat> we're getting to the end of our time pretty soon, man. And I want to get to the lightning round because that's how we end uh, the episodes now. Nice. Uh, but before we do, man, just real quick, if you could just tell everybody uh, that's interested in checking out anything like uh, your music or whatever, uh, just like, what are just some of the places they can go besides uh, like, so I, I know we can go to your YouTube America Gazaway uh, music, right. And, yep. and Bandcamp. Yeah. Bandcamp just, today is actually doing a, a big special or, you know, they're doing the first Fridays thing. So make sure to go to Bandcamp on the first Friday of every, for the next few months, they'll be doing the special where they're waiving fees for artists. And so that's, that really helps us out because we get, we get all the money that you guys donate. Uh, oh, cool, man! Because of the like, stuff. because of the economy right now. Yeah, yeah, they're just mm-hmm. doing it to help people out. So um, you can always, you know, you can download my my full discography on Bandcamp. Um, I have a subscription on Bandcamp that I do also every month. I post like exclusive, unreleased tracks for the subscribers. I have almost a thousand subscribers now, and uh, that's another great way to like stay up to date on what I'm doing, you know, you'll get access to everything I do and then some, you know, and like some exclusive stuff and, you know, uh, remixes, beats, instrumentals, game soundtracks, just anything I'm working on that might not be available publicly. Yeah. You know, I'm always releasing stuff for the subscribers and, uh, and yeah, just my website, amerigomusic.com, um, soulmatesproject.com. That's, that's my 
record label kind of business and where I sell merch and stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm on I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that. Just Amerigo Gazaway. You, you just look look me up by my name. You can usually find me. Um, cool. All right, man. <clears throat> Are you ready for round. the lightning round? <laughs> all right, this is going to be uh, a word association type lightning round, <laughs> and it's going to be like it's going to be pretty tough, man. I'm not I'm not going to lie; these are pretty tough. <clears throat> it's basically mashup ideas. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit you with an artist, and then you have to off the off the top of your head as fast as you can think of the most <clears throat> uh, ideal artist to do a mashup with if you like so you're gonna oh, put wow. two, two together so i'll give you one never done this before and nice. you had to give me the other one and and it's lightning round too so you can't really think very long you just gotta like jump into it oh man okay i hope i don't say the wrong thing let's do so it if you want to take a deep breath i mean like i said i'm not gonna lie man i these are really not easy <laughs> yeah i've done some pretty crazy mashups before so like you know maybe i haven't released all of them but you know i, I recently did like um, Gucci Mane and Aretha Franklin. Like I'll just do oh, like, stuff like that. That doesn't really make sense, but when you hear it, it sounds it makes sense musically. You know, yeah. so you never know. Uh, all right, man. Speaking of uh, UFOs, let's go ahead and start out with Blink One Eighty Two. Uh Blink One Eighty Two. Um, I don't know, Snoop Dogg. All right, that'd just that'd be funny to me. That would be great, dude. All <laughs> the <laughs> Small things. <laughs> yeah. Drop it like this. You can make all kinds of cool shit happen with that, dude. All right. Uh, ja Rule. Mm. Ja Rule, Ja Rule, Ja Rule. Uh, maybe like an R&B singer. Yeah, like Ashanti or something. Maybe. Well, I, they work together already. They've already, but yeah. But, yeah. I don't that's know. That's one from like, baby girl, put it on me. I think that's Ashanti's in that song. Yeah, maybe Ja Rule and DMX because they both like kind of have the growl. Oh, that'd be crazy. Yeah, wow. because... Yeah, yeah. like they both would growl at each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Beethoven. Oh man, Beethoven versus Biggie. That'd be sick. Versus Beethoven. That'd be sick. That'd be sick. All right, Hillary Duff. Oh man, uh, Chance the Rapper. Because okay. I don't really, I don't really like Chance the Rapper that much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I can't name a Hillary Duff song off the top of my head. So, <laughs> all right, <clears throat> the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy from Company B. Uh, I don't know who that is. But, I think he's a fictional character. Um, I'm gonna I assume say there's Lil B. definitely a Bugle Boy <laughs> in Company B somewhere. I'm gonna say Lil B because I'm because right. I'm in because Ber- I'm from Berkeley or I'm living in Berkeley now. He's Hell yeah, dude. All right. Kendrick Lamar. Oh, I've thought about this one before. I've thought about this one. I think like some jazz, maybe like Coltrane or something like, you know, something. Miles Davis and Kendrick would be really dope. Um, uh, another idea that's been floated by me is like Jimmy, Jimmy Hendrix and Kendrick. Yeah. Kendrick oh, yeah. That'd Jimmy, be cool. Jimmy Kendricks or something. Um, that might wait, be Kimmy cool. Gen- wait, Kimmy Gendrix? I don't know. Or, no, I like that. That's Jimmy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Lemmy Lemmy like Kendricks. Kimmy Lindrick. Psychedelic. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. We'll work out the name later, man. But uh that yeah. would be a sick project. All right. The New York Philharmonic Orchestra performing the music from the movie Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. 
Wow. Um, I'm just going to say uh, Mop Deep. Because Mop it's Deep? Like That'd be crazy. Really, really dark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Toby Keith. Is that like a country singer? Yeah, I can't name any of his songs either, but I know he's a country singer. Okay, then then Lil Nas X, I guess. I don't know. Oh yeah, to... yeah. <laughs> I forgot all about him, man. He was like all anybody was still talking about like last summer. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to make a comeback, man. Already. All right, the Jonas Brothers. Ah, the Jonas Brothers. I haven't listened to any of their music, so me neither, man. I'm not even sure. But they're very popular. <laughs> yeah, maybe the Jonas version. Jonas Brothers versus uh, Smith and Wesson. Just some other duo like that. You know, the Jonas yeah. Brothers versus Outkast or some, some other. Ooh. Like. I feel like that would piss off a lot of Outkast fans. Yeah, <laughs> it would piss off me as an Outkast fan. I kind of regret saying it. <laughs> you know what, man? I, I don't like a super group. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe. I really, I, I wouldn't match up the Jonas Brothers with anybody personally. I got a really oh, bad. I forgot to say that was an option. You can always say you, would, uh, you wouldn't touch the Jonas brothers at all. Okay. Well then, yeah, that's, that's probably what I'll say. That's one that just does not deserve a mashup. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Well, uh, you're the winner, dude. That was the lightning round. That successfully <laughs> answered all the questions. Okay. There you go, man. Uh, it's been great to see you again. And, uh, thanks for being on my podcast, dude. Yeah. Thanks for giving us an opportunity to, to catch up, man. It's been good. It's been, uh, been a long time since we talked. I, I mean, you, I have to I have to give you a shout out real quick because you got me my first job at Calypso Cafe when I was like fifteen or something. Like, oh yeah, man. Here we are now, you know. And you got your own podcast, and I'm living in Cali. It's awesome that way, you know. I remember that. I remember that day actually uh, pretty clearly. <laughs> uh, I was I was skating down the street to work, and you were on the corner with uh, Case Bloom, and <laughs> and you were like, "Hey, man, I need a job. You know where I can get a job?" And I was like. Follow me. Follow me to my <laughs> job. Much. They'll hire pretty you much. right on the spot, dude. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. Yep. <laughs> I think they did hire you like, as soon as I brought you in. I think I was like, this is my friend Amerigo. Give him a job. And they're like, okay. <laughs> make, this is how you make a salad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome, man. All right, man. Thanks again. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Have a good afternoon and talk soon. Peace. <laughs> These kids, you feel me? Let's take it back. Yo, once upon a time, I knew this guy named Prano. Real spiky head. He was from the 90s and wore Nike Airs. One day he woke up and he headed to the street fair. Lean square, little did he know who he would meet there. Marl, she was descended of a princess. She dropped a pendant. When he picked it up, he caught her interest. Meanwhile, this girl named Luca, his next door neighbor, her favorite gun, Bazooka, was working on some kind of transportation device. I should've known better than to go and take her advice, but yo, she asked for a couple of volunteers. Marl steps up and she magically disappears into thin air or maybe a black hole. If I don't go after her, I'ma look like an asshole. So I step up to the platform, press the button. I don't know where I'm headed, but fuck it, here goes nothing. Nintendo, Sega Genesis. I'm driving now. 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 I'
Yeah. I look around, now I'm somewhere in the middle ages And when I fight my time is measured by these little gauges I made it through the forest, now I'm at the castle gates But then I get ambushed by the guards, isn't that just great? I gotta find a way about of this mess I'm on trial for kidnapping the princess I told you I was clean, would you want me to take a piss test? I wish that I could hear what they're saying, but it's just text So now I'm locked up, man fuck that I'm breaking out of here, it's time to get my stuff back I look around and find a hole in the wall Climbing up the side of the castle Man, I hope I don't fall Then get confronted by the chancellor No war hall, then where's my sword? I'm getting kinda bored, y'all I hear a roar as he heads for the door Turn around to face the dragon Hope you're ready for war I'm time traveling So we defeat the dragon and then try to escape Get chased through the forest, then we end up finding a gate No time to waste, I'm about to transcend time and space Activate the portal, disappear without a trace Yo, next thing you know, we chillin' in a strange dome Used to play this game every day when I came home It's kinda cold, but I figure I take my chances So I set off on my journey, hoping maybe I could find some answers Then Luca discovers this videotape Of how the world ends and suffers from a grisly fate Damn, I guess we're just a little bit late But wait, look at the date There's still a chance that it could've been saved Met this robot who said he wanted to roam Because none of the other robots had a heart or a soul It's time to save the planet, yeah, that's part of the goal Every day after school, man, you already know I'm time traveling Picture this. <laughs>